Okay, so welcome back to episode five of the Seeker Strength Podcast with me, Dara Fitz, and with the Gurfling. How's it going? Hello. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about... Uh, the role of genetics. The role of genetics in weightlifting. In No, not weightlifting. Just sports performance. In yoga gains. Everything. <laughs> yoga gains. So, we hear it all the time that, oh, they're a really good athlete because they have really good genetics uh or he's better than me because his genetics are better or that girl's in great shape because she has great genetics but what role does it actually play in sport um it plays a huge role i think it's fair to say you know when people are that saying which i hate is what is it oh hard work beats talent and talent doesn't work hard yeah the problem with that is if you have supreme talent even if you work a little bit you're just probably going to be better than a lot of people so like unfortunately the problem with genetics is you can't really change them in any significant way no and Uh, what you're stuck with what you're given um like there's that classic kind of stat of if you live in the united states and you know somebody who's seven foot tall there's a 17 percent chance that they play in the nba right now <laughs> which is fucking crazy. Um, so that means if you know six people who are seven foot tall, one of them will be a professional basketball player. The good the good thing about genetics <clears throat> is you don't know most of the time what your genetics are. No. So other than the obvious factors, like if you're seven foot tall, you know you're probably not going to be good at... Um, gymnastics. Gymnastics, yeah. You're like, you know... Or weightlifting. Mm. Lash is like six, seven. He's one hundred and forty kilos. But that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't know. Like aside from the obvious, like morphology, genetics, for your height and your body yeah. proportions. If you discount those initially, and everything else is kind of, you really won't know until you try. No, no, no. And like, and then it'll be too late, and you can you can be pressed after, but you can be hope springs eternal while you're trying to uh, get where you're going. Yeah, definitely, and most people aren't going to be, like, an extreme outlier where, mm-hmm. like... You'll probably know if you're an extreme outlier. Yeah. You'll definitely know. You're not going to try and be a marathon runner if you're an exceptionally good sprinter. Yeah. Because it will come up at some stage in your life or at some sport you've tried that... You'll just notice you're running way faster than everyone else. Yeah, and you've no ability to maintain a pace. And, like, you'll know because you're probably Jamaican. <laughs> there hasn't been a white male finalist in the olympics 100 meters since 1980s the 1980s that is crazy absolutely fucking crazy yeah like i suppose some of the we go down through some of the factors of what would be genetics so you'll have so morphology which would be your height and your yeah, body just proportions. your general sizings so you'll have muscle fiber type whether it's type what one and two or two a or whatever yeah so it's fast twitch and slow twitch You'll have, say, your VO2 max, so which be the maximum rate of oxygen uptake. You'll have things like... You'll have things like metabolic factors. Yeah, cardiovascular adaptation, I suppose, respiratory, nervous yeah. system adaption. You'll have hormonal factors like your... Testosterone, growth hormone. Yeah. Um, maybe things like... You wouldn't consider... Like your serotonin release after exercise, how much you enjoy it, you know. Maybe some people might have. There's this crazy. There's so many different factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's maybe, there's things that will affect like developmental. Yeah. Um, things like your physical literacy and stuff. That if you're just not really able to move well, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to enjoy exercise, and you're not going to be physically active as you become an adult. And like, 
there's things like you know we've talked about this before that like maybe like elite navy seal snipers have something in their brain that just coordinates yeah their trigger motion to yeah 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 like something just total intangible things that'll almost never be defined you'll have no idea what they are but they could be the difference aside from the obvious factors yeah and like then besides just actual physical genetics you also have like the psychological predeterminants that would make you a good athlete or yeah or make you a poor athlete do you i wonder how many of those are genetic though and a lot of how much of the psychological aspects are environment or upbringing yeah i think like there's a huge amount there you're actually just born with um psychological yeah just psychological strengths and psychological weaknesses um there's like a lot of studies done on the team gb athletes and what most studies will kind of a thing they'll kind of concur on is that you've had to have some kind of struggle in your life to be a good athlete that's basically the only thing that those studies will agree on is that you need some sort of adversity that you have to push against to give you some sort of resilience or some sort of grit or hardiness to become a good athlete what kind of um, adversity are we talking about the, like the things that popped up in the in those team gb studies is like there's, there's so much adversity there's things like just general training load but then there's been a huge amount of like abuse scandals in GB, like in those team GB setups in underage. There's been a huge amount of studies done on uh, athletes from disadvantaged areas who obviously have to work against different things. Um, just general struggle. Yeah, seems to make better athletes. Pressure makes diamonds. Yeah. Um so then there's like people when they're trying to cultivate resilience or cultivate hardiness will look at uh, like should athletes be doing ice baths and stuff but realistically everybody has had to struggle against something you know yeah so there's probably no need to to bring in extraneous like or external factors to make people's lives even harder you know if you're an athlete you're training hard enough that just that struggle of getting a training program done might actually be enough to build resilience. Oh, really? Yeah. So you don't need some kind of um, metaphorical demon in your head to be like, No, I don't bitch. think so. Like, that's... And it's so hard to know, you know, if you look at fighters, especially in boxers, most of them will come from really tough upbringings and really tough backgrounds. And you don't know whether that's because they're kind of forced to start fighting at an early age mm-hmm. or if it's actually the adversity makes them a more resilient person and therefore a better athlete and then there's some specific genes too i suppose when in involved in like strength and power production yeah. or endurance like there's the like, ace gene for the endurance and actin tree i think for power production yeah but even those are not good predictors no like no, they're involved no. but uh, if you have them or whatever morphology expression you need of them or whichever ones are polymorphism you still don't know if it's going to make you any good no and that's like what all those kind of talent id systems and like the like obviously there's loads of stuff about the chinese system that they go and, and pick out all these athletes and realistically you need people to start training and then the training will kind of pick the athletes yeah you know like the Chinese system and a lot of the Asian systems will take kids when they're like five and they'll measure things like the width of their wrists to the width of their jaw and from that ratio they can get like a kind of fairly good predictor of how much testosterone they're producing apparently um, some of the tests I've heard from Chinese scouts use so some of them actually use testicle size yeah use breast size in women 
they use a test for so one of them is like the elasticity of your skin so if your skin springs back faster yeah they reckon that you have higher fast twitch fibers <laughs> they reckon the color of your skin skin tone could be an indicator of how much testosterone you produce that's crazy yeah yeah they're obviously on the ball of picking their athletes yeah and like i think the whole thing is they have so many people to pick from mm-hmm. that like a blind hen will peck some corn every so often you know yeah yeah, yeah. so like if they're doing 20 tests and one test works like those things like testosterone production are good things to look for yeah you know you don't want like soft athletes you want people are going to recover very well so like if three of those tests out of 30 work or like one like yeah exactly yeah it doesn't have to be like mad science you know i think weightlifting is probably a poor example of those as well because you can be weightlifting can you can be such an outlier in weightlifting or you can be just such drastic different body types yeah like if you look at say am young chul and like lasha like the difference in those body yeah, types crazy yeah, of yeah. all sports most sports have like a very specific um type of body shape that you need like say for like basketball was it at least seven foot for most of them yeah you want your reach or your kind of wingspan to be just slightly lar- longer than your your height so like you're talking about really really wide arms yeah and really tall people like if you if you looked at lasha you would not say he was no he has the good proportions for weightlifting like if no, you look no. at someone like um who's a really good example like Ilias is a fantastic example same as well Ilya is probably even better yeah. because Ilya has like the typical like really short femurs it's kind of not long tibias but they're slight they're longer than his femurs yeah in proportion to his femurs yeah. his torso is not too I think Tian Tao and Lu have actually longer torsos than is good yeah but Ilya's torso is is just long enough in proportion and he's uh, Ulna is it's humorous a humorous yeah he's upper arm, very yeah. short compared to his uh his, his elbows are nearly at his nipples like yeah that's absolutely ideal for split jerks yeah 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 and then i suppose another thing elite sports is it's it's inseparable from doping yeah if you have to acknowledge the uh the fairly the large elephant in the yeah. room since icarus came out i suppose a lot of people who have never been aware of it really no like if you if you if you there's another like if you look at things like um say like, like dose respondents yeah to how much gear someone is taking you might have someone who can take like if you go down this rabbit hole let's say you've two athletes who take um i don't know 100 megs of something and then you've another athlete who can take 20 megs of something and get the same dose response yeah so yeah. let's say both get the same amount of gains and inverted commas. If you if you look at that from say a testing standpoint, you would have to imagine the fella taking less is has better genetics for doping again than yeah. inverted commas because he needs to take less, so he it'll be out of his system faster, you know? Yeah. And then you have to look at things like maybe even natural like T T ratios, like yeah. testosterone to every testosterone. That's like the classic drug test. That's yeah. the piss in the cup test. Yeah. If someone is doping or not. And if your T T ratios are five times higher than mine, yeah. just starting off, mm-hmm. you're not gonna be able to pass tests. No. Or you know, and like the reflex like the reflexivity of those ratios, like how fast your ratios will come back down. Yeah. It means 
someone could genetically be predisposed to be able to take more drugs closer to competition. Yeah, exactly. Metabolite secretion yeah. might be vastly superior. It has to be. Yeah. Because there's so 7 billion people. There has to be athletes out there who have the right combination of genetics who have just better metabol- excretion of metabolites. Like, it's some... You know, we've seen recently, you know, Ilya is, is probably such an extreme example now, like, and he's a great example of... I know, I know people have said recently that like he has had back surgery and he's had problems and he's um, he's he's been injured and he's all of this right and you just can't get away from the fact that Ilya has done a lot less and what we really don't know what we don't know so we don't know who's <laughs> been taking drugs or when they've been taking drugs or what yeah. so we, we have a fairly good idea of speculation most people do right? but in, in Ilya's case it looks like drugs helped Ilya an awful lot yes so if you look at where he is now versus where he is when he's in peak training yeah like it's it's hard to get away from the fact that you could speculate that his genetics as much of his good genetics for weightlifting might also be that his good genetics were just really good for doping as well yeah and you wonder if if, if it is a fully clean sport would he be as prolific an athlete as he is now and like so there's so recently there, the anti-doping WADA wanted to extend the doping to eight years for your first ban, I think. But it, I think it was deemed unethical to ban someone for that long. Yeah. But the reason they wanted to do that was because you got such a long-term benefit from doping. You got such um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, increased yeah. the number of satellite cells in your muscles that you got such a benefit. Even when you stopped doping, you were... At such a farther starting point than someone who didn't do. Yeah. I think the other, like, the big takeaway from that as well is that, like, studies that are coming out now are finding that that, like, satellite cell proliferation doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. So <laughs> you can ban someone forever. Yeah. But they're still going to have the effect. So the volume of those cells will reduce, but they will still remain, yeah. um, I suppose, ready to jump into action. Yeah, and it just means when they start back training again, like, everything is there and it might be gone dormant, but it's not gone away. They've done a study where and people who took steroids and people who didn't took steroids didn't take steroids didn't took steroids they didn't take no steroids um yeah. so you two groups of people um i'll see if i can find it and it was they'd both been f- very well experienced in resistance yeah. training so i don't I don't know what this means in resistance training obviously those studies are could be anyone most of the time experience means like you've been lifting weights for two years yeah and so both of them stopped training for a, a period of time yeah and both groups resumed training resumed resistance training and I think they, um, obviously for the case of study, they gave them some specific exercises. Yeah. And neither group took, so the group who took steroids previously didn't take them again, and the group who never took steroids didn't take them this time. Yeah. And obviously, no shocker, but it's definitely good to see it on a, a paper. Yeah. The group that took steroids previously regained their strength faster and got in better shape faster, way faster, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's hard to get away from. Yeah, it's really hard to kind of separate the things then you know, when you look at WADA trying to extend the bands out to eight years or, or whatever they're doing. They're being stopped by like ethical concerns that you can't end someone's career, which technically a two year or two bands of eight years. So that was like two years or something, isn't it again? Or yeah. Two or four years now. Yeah, whereas then it like cost-benefit analysis of that would kind of mean that technically if someone started doping when they were 18, they got a two-year ban, it would still benefit them and they'd still be a junior like I don't personally I don't think the Ilya's current performance at Asians was the peak of his um, whether you want to call him natty or not now 
the peak of his performance, but it's not looking great for him. Ilya looked to be in better shape five or six weeks ago. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and obviously we don't we don't really know what's happening there. Yeah, we don't know what the story is. Like we're, we're just running off his Instagram page. Like when he was in America there two years ago. Remember he squat jerked at 215? Yeah. So he's doing like 170 to 15 there. And we can almost certainly assume that he was natural there. Yeah. But he seems to be training really hard. So maybe some other extraneous factors are causing a decrease in performance. But regardless, let's say that 170 to 15, and he trained fairly hard for a few months yeah. for that, is at the end of the day still 20, 30, 30 kilos off his best clean jerk yeah. and 36 kilos off his best snatch I think yeah that's crazy More. and so in elite weightlifting that's an astronomical amount of num- weight yeah. like. so as it is if Ilya keeps performing like this he won't even make Tokyo, Tokyo no. let alone win Tokyo yeah 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 I'll be honest personally I hope Kazakhstan have a little fucking micro lab out in the middle of nowhere. We actually drove through Kazakhstan last year and yeah. there's vast swaths of empty plains of wilderness. Kazakhstan is probably the scariest big, like, so in big. terms of sc- size, pretty much the people in it. With nothing in it. Yeah. We drove for like two days without stopping mm-hmm. and you can barely get through the country. So I hope there's a fucking lab out there in the middle of nowhere and there's a couple of chemists, uh, superb analytical chemists, synthetic chemists, just brewing some just undetectable just boiling <sighs> down some pituitary glands from highly androgenic fucking mountain yeti that they've been keeping secret who overproduces testosterone and they're just gonna fucking blow everything away with Ilya's performance because apparently he's still getting massive state sponsorship and they're trying really hard yeah. because um, everyone appreciates sports you know Yeah. so it's very important and they're trying to save face here too I suppose that Ilya it doesn't look great if Ilya came back and did some even better numbers than this let's say he added 15 kilos it might look as bad because yeah. they'd be like it wasn't all drugs but now it really looks like now it looks like a huge amount of all drugs. success watch drugs yeah and again okay. so, yeah. so that might <laughs> be back his, off but the anyway, that might be his gene- so where we're going yeah. with that is that it might be his genetics like yeah it really could so you'd wonder in other sports I think weightlifting in particular and I shame myself for saying this but good genetics for doping might be more important for weightlifting than other sports. I think so, yeah. Because he recently, actually in a comment again in an interview saying that it was really hard training without drugs. No shit, Sherlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if I could take all the drugs, but again, you can't make strawberry jam out of dog shit. No. But uh, someone could take all the drugs in the world and not be as good as LeBron. You just can't be as tall as him. Like, you know? No, no, no. And I think weightlifting is a nice little microcosm because the sport is so specific mm-hmm. and you can't Oh, there's there's speed, power, mm-hmm. strength, and then there's a certain psychological component. But besides that, it's a very, very simple sport. Mm-hmm. You're not coming up with a new move to choke someone out or you're not trying yeah. to uh, like kick a ball a different way. You know, it's not. The skill component is very, very set. It's like closed loop, same thing every time. That's why weightlifting is like a nice little microcosm. It's why... So many studies are done on it because um, you can exclude a lot of variables from it. It's a simple sport to look at that way. The problem with eugenics too, I suppose, is... Um, can you stop moving now? I move around a lot. Is that uh, you just basically can't change your genetics. So you no. Can, you can change expression of genes. and You may have genes that are dormant that might be very useful for some sport. But the problem is 
So if you go back to the, like that ace and actin genes, those two endurance and strength and power genes, they're separate. Like they alone aren't a good predictor, but also they are just a microcosm of many other genes that are needed in the whole entire system. And it's like a, a game of Tetris. Yeah. You might have four of the five requisite prerequisite things to be superb at swimming. But if you don't have the fifth, they mightn't lock together very well. Yeah. So it might mean absolutely nothing. Or you could be an absolute genetic freak mm-hmm. who trains really hard and then suddenly you just don't enjoy swimming anymore, you know? Like at the time of recording, Casper Semenye is being... She yeah. basically has been... Personally, I think she's been massively discriminated against. So unless her chromosomes are... Is it X XX? If she's a male... So she's, for all intents and purposes, a female, right? Yeah. I just think she got supremely lucky and has fantastic genetics for strength and power sports. Yeah. She just has a lot of testosterone. And like, it's like me being like to LeBron James, like, listen, you're too tall. I want to play basketball. Yeah. I want to play basketball. That's the equivalent of what the IWA, or IAAF um, IAAF. are saying. IAAF. Is it a Yeah. Yeah. They're saying that her genetics, she's like, I think it's fucking crazy that she has to take some kind of testosterone yeah. suppression that's crazy yeah. like why like where it's like to use the lebron james if like if we're saying if we change uh what in her case is a hormonal imbalance to a morphology imbalance it's like getting lebron james to play on his knees you know but why can't we extrapolate this to be like why can't all the other girls just take testosterone to get up to her level yeah this is the exact same thing and you can't tell me it's just a number at the end of the day yeah it's just a number of nanograms to give the if someone's listening to this and you don't know the background of it um she's a south african sprinter yeah casper smenian's her name um she and is. she's a female who's basically got destroying destroying competition uh in sprinting because what what's basically happened is through some natural defect or natural imbalance um, she's producing extremely high levels of testosterone um, levels similar to a male um, and it's all the testing has been done she's constantly coming back with these high testosterone levels that has now been found to be exclusive yeah it's nothing to do with it's doping or anything like that it's, um, it's um, not doping and she's basically being told she can't compete anymore unless she takes testosterone suppression yeah which is which is crazy mind-boggling why it's like it, again we've got LeBron James like being like LeBron you, we're gonna have to just yeah. shave down some of your um, your tibias and your femurs yeah. to make you a little bit shorter yeah so and I think it's like that would obviously be ludicrous if you saw a basketball player playing with on his knees like you know yeah, or yeah. if you like if but you saw something that physical in front of you mm-hmm. whereas when people think it's hormonal they just think oh, it's slightly different we can brush it under the rug she just has to take some pills every month god knows what the effects of those might be to her yeah yeah it could be catastrophic she could feel her like psychologically when um she's had all her life very high testosterone yeah. levels, so that's the only form she knows like that's only how she knows how to feel like so if she has a massive reduction in testosterone a lot of times depression in the men is associated with reduction in testosterone levels low testosterone levels yeah so it's very likely she could experience depression yeah she could experience mood swings she might her body composition will obviously change no doubt yeah almost certainly will change the Brought other more. thing is yeah it's her career like you yeah know. exactly she's one of the best sprinters in the world this is the year before an olympics and that's suddenly being taken like apparently she can compete with the men if she wants but that's ludicrous because she's not a man. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I know some people as well who actually agree with her not being allowed to compete, which I think is mind-boggling. I think most people, but a lot of those are people who have talked to are non-athletes. So I think most yeah. people who are athletes would, they, would be 
be outraged because everyone could imagine it happening to them. Yeah. Like, elite sports is just an inherently unfair. unfair. Just come back to genetics. So if you take aside all like training environments, sport from your government, the coaches you've met, the good environment, you your drive, let's just say inherently you just got really good genetics and it's just unfair no matter what yeah. way you go about this. And nobody would watch it if it was fully fair. No, it would be completely pointless. Yeah, every game would be a nil-all draw. Well, why would ever like everyone running the same 60 metres or 100 metres? Yeah. yeah, so her case is very strange. Uh, it's even stranger still that they... Like, we have a, ma- a man lifting, in weightlifting at the moment, from yeah. New Zealand. And for all intents and purposes, she's a man. He's a yeah. man. Like, absolutely irrelevant what you do in your personal life. But you're basically stealing spots from other women like for most of her life she's had the bone structure of a male which doesn't go away with these yeah the muscle and tendon structure muscle and tendon structure like the aggression from being a male right aggression she's like weightlifting as much is as much as um a strength sport as is like a neurological experience so if she's experienced those heavier weights yeah 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 She's gone through multiple training cycles with those hormone levels. Yeah. And it, I don't even know if she's uh, taken any uh, Eastern or whatever. I'm not sure. Either way, like, it's entirely unfair. Yeah. Like, if if they See, want... See, I think for the, the Cassius Menye example, mm-hmm. the IAAF can look at this and say, this is us promoting fairness and promoting equality. And they're using that same argument in the transgender thing, you know, that they're mm. promoting equality. Whereas, if anything, they're just pushing equality further down the road. Yeah. You know, it, it's... You you want um, equal beginnings, but yeah. not equal outcomes. Yeah. But it's a bit depressing to see the PC culture coming into sports like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it should, like... Obviously, sport isn't fair, but you want it to be as fair as you can possibly make it. You know, on a complete tension now, but CrossFit is um is a really strange one. So, like, we've seen, there's a lot of very talented athletes now who are just talented at CrossFit now. So, like, you could say a lot of the top CrossFitters, their genetics are predisposed just for CrossFit. Yeah. So, before, it used to be people who were, like, D2 athletes in American football or Yeah, or be baseball football players, baseball players. People who had scholarships but mightn't have gotten full rides or something like that. Now we know like that there's CrossFitters who are just good at CrossFitting. Yeah. And it, it'd be very interesting to see a full scope of the... Uh, if if someone could like determine all the genes involved in being involved in those kind of uh, activities. Yeah, and I think other sports. Like where weightlifting is a nice little microcosm and you can really define the things that make you good at weightlifting. CrossFit mm-hmm. is kind of something that you have to be good across a broad spectrum. I think you could agree that height would be incredibly important and those strength and power genes would be incredibly important. No, but you'd, height would want to be like 5'8 or 9 yeah. or something. Like you don't want to be too tall for your gymnastics. No. You don't want to be too small for your like your deadlifting and stuff like uh, rowing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And swimming now. Yeah. Um, I think so I? in like in the early 90s and late 80s, the predominant thing with elite sport was they reckoned everybody wanted to be this medium height. So you wanted an athlete that was 5'10", around 85 to 90 kilos, and that would be the best football player, the best soccer player, the best everything. Because they thought that kind of medium build, uh, equal height to reach ratio. So like, you're not super long-armed, you're not anything, you want 
standard across the board to be a medium athlete. Who thought that made sense? That's what the that's what the prevailing views were, you know. And, it, and like you can look at graphs from the eighties of all the professional athletes, and they tend to be in and around a specific area. Whereas what's happened now is tall athletes got taller, small athletes got smaller, and the weird athletes got even weirder. It's really for, good TED talk on it. Do you know for a while that they thought that depression was only thing in rich countries? <laughs> That poor <laughs> countries didn't experience depression, and yeah. the only reason they would experience depression was from um, from environmental circumstances. Yeah, and they were like um, clinical psychologists were like convinced of it that they were like depression. This is a whole tangent now, but they yeah. just they were sure that it was the environment causing poor people depression, and not like in Western countries that it was a predominantly depression was something an inherent existential crisis. You know, Jesus Christ. Obviously, that's totally true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so like CrossFit it's um, so CrossFit seems to be like that you one. want to be that average person yeah Yeah, you want to be none of them is a Patrick Vellner is a very tall kind of lanky person but as tall and lanky goes he's not even that tall and lanky no no like there's nobody over like 6'1 or 6'2 or very very few I'd say there's not even close to 6'1 no. or 2 is there that we know kind of 5'7 to 5'9 seems to be the average and the men and women's build are very similar very similar yeah the women I noticed something is that their hip it's very narrow a lot. A lot of the top female crossfitters. Okay. Well, like if you look at like Catherine David's daughter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. They seem I, to, I, they I actually, actually haven't noticed that, but that's really interesting. If you look at like... They seem to be a limier, a bit more closer to swimmers. Yeah. If you look at like... Why would that be a like? big problem with female athletes, or one of the big problems they have is knee injuries. And that's because female hip structure means their cue angle, which is like the angle of their femur, you know. It's a little bit so, too So yeah, the angle of the femur coming from out of the hip and down to the knee their cue angle is a lot larger than it is in a male you know mm-hmm. so i wonder is it that a narrower hip structure in a female would predispose them to being better at squatting yeah like reduce the amount of injuries experience yeah a shallower less cue knee, angle less knee injuries while running yeah if you look at that like cause i'm just thinking of catching david's daughter now and any yeah. sort of daughter but then you see tia claire Toomey and is it I said or Tia Wright is it who are the two Australians Tia Claire Carol Tim? Webb Carol Webb yeah both of them are tiny units and both of them are very good at weightlifting yeah 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 which is interesting so again it just CrossFit seems to be it's it's hard to pin down what makes you really good at CrossFit yeah and I wonder what we'll see in 20 years time when there's been generations of CrossFitters coming through like a, a father so like some of the if you look at some of the um, scholarly articles on, gene- or on genetics and athletic performance it's hard for them to even pin down that because your father did it. Yeah. Was it is just that why you're doing it now and you're super motivated intrinsically and you just saw those things when you were younger? Yeah. And it's nothing to do with, like, you know, it's... it's. That's the thing. It's like, if you take someone like Klokov, the weightlifter, mm-hmm. whose father was, was, like, a world champion. World record holder. Phenomenal yeah, lifter. yeah, yeah. Unbelievable lifter. Back in the DAY as well when everyone was a good weightlifter. Yeah. And, like, he was in a structure arguably where weightlifting was one of the biggest sports they had like mm-hmm. um and you have to wonder for someone like Lakov, is he bringing in an advantage of genetically he got that from his father and in his dna he has more likelihood of being strong he has better genetic expression of like those certain genes we talk about or is it that he sees his dad lifting since he was two years old mm-hmm. he's been lifting since he was very very young and it's like a psychological thing that lifting is what we do. I wonder what motivates. Like, we asked Gabriel about this, where we're like, does the numbers matter? 
or medals matter more. And Gabriel said without any hesitation that it's all about medals. So the only reason numbers matter is to get the medals. Yeah. If lower numbers are needed to me- medal, that's all that matters. Yeah, they don't care. The only thing that matters. Like a lot of people listening to this, me included, is numbers only matter. Yeah. The, the medals are just not something in our stratosphere, realistically, for most of us. No, Other no, no. Maybe lo- yeah, national competitions for some people yeah. listening to this in any sport. Not even numbers, let's say, performance. Weightlifting is one of the few sports that you can just strive for in and of itself. You can just do weightlifting for weightlifting's yeah. sake and know your progress. I think that's the thing with weightlifting as well. It's so transcendent. And powerlifting too as well. Yeah, because your 200 kilo cleaner jerk is it's the same as the 200 kilo cleaner jerk done in the 19 whatever Olympics, you know? Yep. And it's like... Literally the exact same thing. Yeah. It's why it's such a pleasing sport to train and you know... And you that's why you see a lot of people running too. Yeah. People, you don't see it as much at sprinting. That's probably sprinting is just so hard. Yeah. But you can't do... You literally can't do CrossFit by yourself. You hear no, loads no, no, of CrossFit no. say it's so hard to train by yourself yeah. because because the numbers are never consistent then the workouts are never consistent the complex of the lifts. Yeah. You can't say to yourself, geez, that's a great time in that workout now. You don't really know. So you can train by yourself but you can't only with the intention of eventually competing with yeah, something like or someone. Yeah, it used to be a thing with the named wads, like with Fran and stuff, that, mm-hmm. you know, to go sub two minutes used to be this huge thing, and now it's not really a thing anymore, and Fran no. isn't even a workout anymore because it's so easy, you know. I like that CrossFit revamped itself there um, last year to change up the regionals. Yeah. Everyone was a regionals athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was just really diluting the water. Before, if you're a regionals athlete, it was like, fuck, it's a good regionals athlete. There was a period of time there. Yeah. But now it's... Um, you, you're going. It's only if you're a games athlete. Yeah, I, I think they're going to do this, this year. The first day is going to be loads of athletes, and then they're going to cut shit loads of people. Make the cut. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a good idea. Yeah, genetics are. It's kind of shit because you can't do anything about it. Yeah, but most of the time you don't know. You don't need to worry about it. And I like, think sorry. A really interesting thing, you know, um, the head coach of Indonesian weightlifting was over in Ireland two years ago. Uh, Avanesh and he was saying they do fibre type testing so Indonesia is a hugely resourced country you know loads of natural resources mm-hmm. very rich um, and they support their weightlifters very well but they do fibre type testing on their athletes they do fibre type testing on athletes that are already in yeah. a talent structure yeah. that are already full time athletes mm-hmm. and you have to wonder that like is gen- like that's that's not genetic testing that's testing a product of genetics but is that kind of testing really necessary when you can just put them through training and see who adapts and who doesn't? Maybe I'm biased now personally because I'm already involved in the main of thing and it wouldn't be unfair to say that I have some good genetics for weightlifting. Of course you do. Like, it's it's rare that you, Well, do people end up in circumstances where they're like, oh, I wish I had better genetics? Or will you just gravitate towards what <laughs> you what you're going to be good at anyway? I think you'll gravitate towards what you're good at. You know, it's like... If I was trying to play basketball and I was five foot four, I'm just gonna probably stop playing basketball. Because you're not good. No, there's and there's a really good article. It's positive or negative feedback loop. Yeah. But there's a really good article on Steph Curry, uh, like the NBA player. So he's like one of the best NBA players in the world the last few years. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable athlete, but he's not he's not genetically predisposed to being a basketball player. Yeah. He's not super tall, not super fast. And it was like the whole article, I think it was in the New York Times, went through every single time he'd been told no, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
somebody like that, if they like, if that was in a weightlifting structure where they're testing fiber types or they're doing genetic testing, he would have just been thrown out straight away. Yeah. And then you would have lost this freak athlete, one of the best basketball players ever. So you have to think. Sure, who's that? But there's countless stories like that. Yeah. Like who was that Welsh um, rugby player who told you he was too small? When the Williams own William? No. Oh yeah, uh, told he's too small. He ended up being one of the highest scoring. Uh, yeah, phenomenal f- scrum half. Is he flat scrum half? Oh no, sorry, winger. Winger, yeah. Yeah, very small, super athletic. Yeah, Welsh rugby. What is it? Williams? It's always Williams. Ro- ro- fucking Welsh rugby. Anyway. William Williams. Yeah, but that's like that's the thing. I think we're better. Genes are great if they're there behind the scenes. Obviously, if we get someone into the gym who's like seven foot tall mm-hmm. and they're 16 years old and they want to do weightlifting, mm-hmm. we should probably just advise them that maybe try something else, you know, uh, if they want to be a competitive athlete. Well, but it depends how young they are, I suppose. Yeah. If they're young, you'd be like, try other sports too. Yeah. Although I would never discourage someone from doing a sport because you just don't know. Again, you just never no. know how good someone's going to end up being. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Sisman Klecki was so not. He had one of the best world records ever. He he clean jerked two hundred and thirty two and a half kilos when he was eighteen years old as a junior, and like it was just Ilya's world record yeah. was two thirty three, right? And Sisman was so not built for weightlifting. Yeah, it's not even funny. He just didn't seem to have much ability to maintain a lot of muscle mass. He was very like happens the best of us. <laughs> he he was like. All lines, you know, he was very limmy. Yeah. Not disproportionately limmy, but he was limmy like um, a swimmer might be. Yeah. He, he himself, okay, so this this used to go around a lot on the internet. People, Sisman's kind of forgotten about, but he said people like to use the, uh, you don't have to be a great squatter, like you don't have to be strong. So he, he said his best squat was 260 by four. Yes. So the problem with that, right, is that when the athletes say things like that, was how easy was that 260 by yeah. four? I think it was like 260 by 4 or 6 by 5, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that aside, he did not look like someone who would have been good at weightlifting. And he turned out to be... Phenomenal athlete. He cleaned jerk 235 in a Polish competition as a 94. Sorry, I forgot to say he was 94 kilos. Yeah. As a junior. 18, 235. I think there was reports he did 240 in training. Not too sure. He He's um just an unbelievable athlete. Um, he subsequently got broke. But he, he actually ended up getting gold in Beijing when Ilya tests... Um, did Ilya test positive? I think did he test positive in Beijing as well? I don't know. But he got silver in Beijing. Yeah. Anyway. But um But I think that is like a big takeaway that But you could see from sorry, from you could see from a young age that he was not built. So yeah. there's a video announcing Tim when he was like twelve, ten. You just you could see straight away it doesn't look like he should be a weightlifter. Yeah. And then fucking yeah. Yeah, you know? But yeah, like I think we and like in the sports science community, we get so caught up in genetics. And so caught up in like ideal proportions, ideal morphology, ideal like muscle fiber type and gene expression, but it's not the beyond and end all, you know. And like, there's yeah. so many unquantifiable variables. There's so much. Yeah. How many of us know someone who was a phenomenal athlete until they were 16, and they have all the talents? They might have been an unreal rugby player, and then they just fuck off and turn out being like, mm-hmm. like a pisshead. Parley seems to be another one who can uh, who can kind of have almost they don't really have powerlifting yeah they just yeah. seem to you just need to be big if you're in the bigger weight classes and you just need to be strong in any of them really other than that you can just be whatever the fuck you want to be like yeah like I d- if you're going to be limmy you're probably going to be good at deadlifting 
bench, it actually seems to be lads with not too short arms and not too long arms. No. I, I It doesn't seem I does don't know is the is the talent pool quite big enough in, in powerlifting that we can like Jeez, make I don't those know. assumptions, yeah. IPF has like well it's supposedly a million registered lifters. Yeah. And how many other federations is there? Like if you look at Larry Wheels, like he he's um he's very good at all three lifts. Very His good, yeah. Squat is Squat's probably his weakest lift overall, and the deadlift is probably his strongest. His deadlift is definitely strongest, but his yeah. bench is phenomenal too. Yeah. Like his wingspan is quite long, which makes him good at the deadlift, but also makes him very good at benching for some reason. Like yeah. it, it, you don't, you wouldn't think it. You would think yeah, very it's short arms. He doesn't, and his bench setup is just quite natural. Like he doesn't overarch or anything. No, no, no. So it's, it's interesting as well with powerlifting. Powerlifting genetics and weightlifting, if you, I would say though, if you have very good genetics for powerlifting, you're probably not going to be good at powerlifting. Or sorry, weight, sorry. If you're very good genetics for powerlifting, you're not going to be good at weightlifting. But if you have very good genetics for weightlifting, you'll definitely be decent yeah. at weightlifting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or powerlifting, powerlifting. Powerlifting. Yeah. Yeah. Just from for myself there, like I tried sumo deadlift for a week, and I I added like probably like forty kilos to my trium. Like I don't know, it wasn't a true trium, but still. Yeah. I. I think you can get away with. A slightly lower proportion of fast twitch or slow twitch in powerlifting than you can in weightlifting. That's the great thing about powerlifting too, though. Yeah. Anyone, it, if you just enough pig endurance, brute force and pig endurance, yeah. you can be good at powerlifting. And just keep your head down and keep training. Like, obviously, again, you can't make strawberry jam out of dog shit. No. But if you have a little bit of strawberry jam in the dog shit, even if you have just an essence of strawberry jam, just a little drop, Yeah. you could just... You can be that person. Like, how many people can't deadlift 200 kilos to go to the gym or not? Yeah. And if you put your head down, you might be able to deadlift 500 pounds, 227 kilos. And that's yeah. not a bad thing to say as a person. No, no, you no. You don't have to be the fucking world's best powerlifter. You just, like... It, th- th- I do like that about powerlifting. Because in CrossFit, you definitely can't... If, you've, if you're not mostly strawberry jam, you're not going to be good at CrossFit. No. If you're not superbly talented, you're not going to be good at weightlifting. And if you're not, but if you're just, if you just have a bit of fucking neck, if you haven't, like, there's a great thing. If you have enough neck, you don't need any head. And in powerlifting, if you're just, now, you're not going to be an Ed Cohen, right? But you no. can definitely be a 600 pound squatter. It's 270 kilo, 275 kilo squatter. Yeah. If you just f- fucking go for head it. Head like, down and grind through. Give it 20 years of a uh, bit of, a f- that's what I, I like that about powerlifting. Like, cause yeah. It's kind of for, um, it's for the people who are dog shit, really, I suppose. <laughs> that's what we're coming around to to be honest that's I mean that's the most endearing term of all the kind of professional field sports that are left kind of rugby still has that as one of it as well you know it's gone much more or it's gone a lot that. closer towards 6 foot 4 105 kilo players all over the pitch but you still have those small freaks would you need one or two of those in a good rugby team though yeah see the problem with team sports is bar basketball it's very hard to say but what predisposes someone to being successful and like a lot of times you've stuffed uh, in good team sports is, as you know yourself and is uh, some of the stuff that makes team good is makes teams good is that um, you've some kind of intangible like an atmosphere like yeah. a, like a, a, a connection between all the players yeah and like a team should be bigger than the sum of its parts you know yeah like you have a dynamic working with a team that is even more intangible than all the other genetics that would be involved in yeah. any other sports definitely like See, the problem, like, is about weightlifting, right? You just can't show up and be like, just felt great today and I added 40 kilos to my no. jerk and I won the Asians no, and I won no, the no. Europeans. Whereas technically, any, any rugby, team rugby team could beat the All Blacks. 
Yeah. Actually, someone said you should, you should stop calling the All Blacks. You should just call them New Zealand. You give them too much power. <laughs> Any rugby team, fucking Crosshaven, go play New Zealand tomorrow. And they might, if out of 100, 100 games, win. they might win one game. Yeah. Whereas in anything, you're not just going to be like, just just don't happen. I just, just felt great. Just had a good night's sleep. And now I can snatch 180. Yeah. It just can't happen. It, it physically just, cannot it happen. Literally, it's so far out of the realms of possibilities that it won't happen. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people too subconsciously might like about field sports is that the underdog can fucking, yeah. you know, the problem with anything sometimes too, like, so if you look at the 105s there, it's Simon Marsori on one. He knew he'd won. He only had to make yeah. two lifts. Yeah. He'd yeah, already yeah. won. Everyone knew he was winning. And that's There's shit. No one likes watching that. No. Everyone loves an underdog. Most people love underdogs anyway. And like, that, like team sports like that too, is that you could have just a lot of average genetic players who will work hard and listen to their coach, but also work really well at the team. Like yeah. some of their genetics might be that you get on really, you're really good at reading your teammates' moods and their yeah. intentions and you get really good at memorizing them subconsciously. That might be part of genetics for team sports. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How would you ever define that t- intangible there? Like, Yeah, and it, it could be tiny things like uh, reaction time to stimulus in your peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. You could be genetically predisposed to being good at that mm-hmm. and suddenly you're a great winger. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, we're saying like the Navy SEAL snipers, like their icons might just pick up certain colors better yeah. than other people and we'll never know because no one knows what indefinite shades of colors there are because you can never describe it to someone because brown is still brown but what's the shade of brown you know yeah 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 or is it like i think i don't like i think that's what people do like about sports like especially field sports is that you can be more than you are because everyone else is kind of okay and if you put enough strawberry jam in or enough yeah. enough strawberry jam into the dark shit it might taste like strawberry jam a little bit yeah yeah or if darren and Gurf have played in the center together mm-hmm. since they were five yeah then like I'm gonna you're gonna pick up on things differently you know and it's like yeah it's this magic it's like something that like Keith Earls the monster player just seems to have you know yeah, yeah he yeah. has vicious speed and like he's lightning fast and agile but the man just pops up in places the Driscoll was the same apparently. yeah he used and to be he, just like it's just it's completely intangible and like people like, call it the x factor you know what's reading the ball like what everyone knows what that means yeah, yeah, in yeah. Involved in sports they're like oh he's so good at reading the ball like yeah saying or whatever like how what is that like how is that a how would you define those? How many different genes are involved there? And how many different thousands. life experiences? There's literally thousands. But how, how much of that is a life experience or an environment growing up that yeah. influenced that ability to be like... And they probably don't... Most of them couldn't tell you no. why they're doing... No way, no, no, no. Probably most... They're probably the worst people to tell you because they just always had it sort of never even had to think about... Oh, where do I, where do I go here? Do yeah. Know? So I think that's... Uh, the weightlifting was a team sport. <laughs> the Bundesliga is actually very good. People, that gets very good uh, views and yeah. people get really into that. I like that. I enjoy watching those meets, you know. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to be said if we had more of that structure in weightlifting that it'll become a lot more consumer-friendly as a sport, you know. At the moment, it's not consumer-friendly. At the moment, it's probably the worst sport to support in the world. I'll be honest, waiting is fairly boring sometimes. Yeah, and you're talking about, like, you wait for four years to have the Olympics and the Olympics is this huge thing and it's crescendo of someone's career Rio was just not good I know and, or, or it's like you work for so long to get there or like you support someone for so long to go and watch them at the Olympics and then they bomb out yeah you know or it's, it's like not their snatches work. don't go great and then they're just gonna make a solid clean and jerk like n- no other sport that I can think of relies 
so heavily on the Olympics as its pinnacle as weightlifting of the Olympic no. sports. I don't know. Like, so if you avoid the field sports, because most of them don't really care about the Olympics that much. No. It's nice to say you played for, you played the, like. Overall professional sports. Yeah, like oh. weightlifting, the pinnacle of weightlifting is the Olympics. So now maybe we don't know enough. We're not involved heavily enough in other sports, but like volleyball, I think wrestling might be the other one who's was probably a bit even like track and field now with the Diamond League getting bigger and stuff like I've watched the Diamond League yeah you know <laughs> I've seen it I sat down and have a gawk at it like yeah. the 100 metres we all appreciate someone running fast you know whereas weightlifting is yeah part of things doing a great job of, of being yeah of like, doing I, its own thing I'm getting sure itself why. out there yeah the, like the, they need to forget about the Olympics I would think it's a complete waste of time yeah they're pushing hard to get it in there but I'm I'm not sure as a sport would it actually benefit that much. No, and who's going to watch it? Part yeah. of it's kind of boring too. Like if you look at the IPF, they seem to be doing everything right. You know, they're getting that culture going. They're getting a big community. Mm-hmm. They're getting a huge amount of people registering and becoming members mm-hmm. of an organization that people are actually like proud to get behind. They're getting that kind of. Uh, you can I hazard calling it that CrossFit group mentality thing, you know. You can get better powerlifting too by accident. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you yeah, can't, yeah. Most of the time you can't get better weightlifting by accident. No. Even when you try really hard and know what you're doing in weightlifting, you can't get better. No. So <laughs> powerlifting, you can just, if you do enough squat, bench and deadlifts, you'll um, get better. You'll probably get better, like, which unfortunately is not the same for weightlifting. No, and I think like that, it's a very attractive sport for younger athletes to be getting into and for kind of more talented athletes to be getting into now. You have like big talent pools. You have good competition. You have a relatively fair competition. Yeah, it's actually fair is probably a big one there yeah. as well. Do you know another thing you don't ever see? Sorry, I was thinking about something is that you don't... Um, <laughs> Tangent number 18 of today's podcast. Is Fight sports seems to be the only sport where you can kind of join it when you're like 20 and end up being phenomenal. What is? Combat sports. Yeah, so you don't yeah. see, probably wrestling, I would say, but other sports. You, no one joins weightlifting at 19 and becomes an Olympic, no. Olympic champion. No one joins CrossFit, or no, sorry, track and field athletes. No one joins rugby. Uh, no. I don't know if it's to skill demands or is that, like with weightlifting, I know it's no to do with you just have to have certain number of years spent lifting and you yeah. know no matter how talented you are you can't get better fast enough in a short period of time from no. 18 so you need to start when you're like 10 I think but it, and to a certain extent it's the same with sprinting and track and field and all those like the, the track and field events you just need a requisite amount of time training mm-hmm. to get enough volume behind you and enough momentum to actually get to that level whereas uh, combat sports like so Anthony Joshua um, while not the most technically superb boxer ever no but he's a, he's a great freak athlete. athlete great yeah. athlete he's uh, just clubbing people to death basically yeah he um, he's he started I think when he was 20 and I think he won Olympic so I could be very wrong about this now but it's something similar and he won Olympic gold by the time I think after four years of boxing actually four yeah. or five years and then he went professional but you just don't no one there used to be a story about Louis Arjun, right? So he started weightlifting when he was like 15, right? Previously having been a sprinter. But the problem with that, right, is that he, uh-huh. in the Chinese athlete system, he would have been with general training until he was like 12 anyway. So realistically, yeah. he would have been weightlifting too. He'd have been doing bass squats and all the, through those years anyway. And obviously, as he's a freak. And sprinting to weightlifting is a very small jump. Mm-hmm. They're two power sports. Yeah. Like, same energy systems. Same training methodologies to a huge extent. But still being involved in elite sports since yeah. he was like eight, right? 
Whereas Anthony Joshua would have just started when he was like... But is it the fact that Anthony Joshua just had some superb genetics and just... Why... Because it's like, say, you still need years of experience with martial arts and stuff like that. And like, yeah. I suppose it's fair to call... I don't know. People don't call it boxing and martial arts, but they call it the sweet, uh, the sweet science. Yeah. What's it called boxing in? Is it the sweet science? <laughs> I don't know. I think it is, yeah. It is the sweet science, yeah. Um, that they... Like he, it's it's weird that it seems to be in combat sports. A lot of time you hear of fighters as well who just start even later than that, like in UFC and stuff. Yeah, and they they just seem to do wreck. There are UFC guys who kind of wrestled in secondary McGregor. school. What's that? He started McGregor. Yeah, started yeah, yeah. He was There's, there seems to be a lot more of those UFC and MMA guys who picked it up later in life. They might have done boxing or they might have done wrestling when they were kind of teenagers. Then leave it go for a while and then come back as adult athletes, pick it up and then go the whole way and become a professional you never hear that in any other sport I suppose the the performance in fighting though is that you just need to not stop you just need to stop the other person yeah doing what they're doing yeah it's not that you have to run something in a certain length of time or yeah. lift a certain weight or perform a movement in a certain way it's just the levels of performance are always varying I suppose yeah yeah the like, the, the goal, your goal of performance yeah a fight could be five five minute rounds or it could be 13 seconds and you knock the person out you know and you could either knock them out choke them out put them in so much pain that they tap out like the modalities of winning the competition in inverted commas are so varied like but then if you pick something like jiu-jitsu like you need to be years and years to be the best like yeah because some of the intangibles there is because like you you can genuinely get people where like 70 kilos choking out like 100 people 100 kilo people if both of them are if you've got a supremely talented 70 yeah, kilo person yeah in the open weight classes yeah 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 it's Both. strange so I suppose coming back around is you can, nothing you can do you just no. can't do anything in terms of genetics yeah I think we can admire the people who are at the far ends and like the freaks and we can say we're very lucky to have those people on our team. <laughs> we're very unlucky not to have them on our team. Oh, you might be very unlucky not to be them. Yeah, but at the end of the day... You don't know what your genetics are no, outside of good reason. And you never know what like what gene expression can happen and what gene transcription can happen and make you into a great athlete if you just keep training, keep working hard, keep putting your head down and going every day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still going to be the only reason that I say Garth squats more than me. <laughs> genetics yeah a lot of times I suppose a lot of times too is when people there's a, a trend just you know, just thought of there is that so I see it in weightlifting now too is that a good athletes don't make good coaches no which I think is very unfair because especially in any sport you need someone to have experienced the sport yeah I think I think this is a case of the pendulum swinging, you know? Yeah, it always happens. Um, because we have this thing where everybody becomes a coach and everybody retires from Premier League soccer or they do whatever. They become coaches. And that's not always the best move, you know? I think coaching is something that you kind of have to have some sort Genetics of... Genetics for? Oh. Need some Brings it around again. Brings um, it around the background. You do have to have some predisposed genetics. Yeah, and you have to have a, a mentality and a and a temperament that makes you good at it. But like, of course, you need also the training, the experience yeah. of doing the coaching. And I think being a coach and being an athlete are independent, but 
having been an athlete beforehand will make you a much better coach. And it's very unlikely that you can be a very good coach unless you've done the sport. Very I unlikely. Just don't believe it, and I've never seen anyone. No, well, there is. There's certain like there's notable exceptions. Um, Did Joe Smith play much rugby? No, but he's still involved in professional rugby. Like, yeah. Um, there's Jim McGuinness, the former Donegal football manager, who's now managing professional soccer, and went straight from one to the other, fairly seamlessly. But he was still involved in sports, though. Yeah. Like you can't tell me that a weightlifting coach who's, or someone who snatched sixty kilos is going to be is going to be a good weightlifting coach. And if he's if he did it for six months, I was like, all right, time to go. Yeah. It's just not true. Very, like. very unlikely. I'd say it's almost not impossible, but almost. Yeah, nothing is impossible. Realistically, Realistically you need like a requisite amount of knowledge and you need to experience a lot of it yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, like, empathy is a big thing with coaching, you know. You need to understand none that of it. when you, you give someone a, a two and a half... No infinity. When you give someone a two and a half hour session, it's not going to be easy. Gabriel has no empathy. Gabriel is completely different. Zero empathy <laughs> for me. None whatsoever. I think... You're getting that mixed up with it. Gabriel has done no, he's two and a half hour sessions three times a day since he was he's a no child. Empathy. Zero empathy. That's why he has zero empathy. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you don't want too much empathy too. And some, well, no, you need to be able to control how much emotion gets out to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I suppose there's those studies done on kids where you told the kids good job, or you told the kids you worked really hard. Yeah. Or that was really easy for you. You're obviously in all of those you're much better off not obviously but it, it, it became very apparent that you should tell the kids geez you worked really hard for that yeah. so there's like those ones on the puzzles yeah, yeah. They, they gave two kids I don't know I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this is that they gave two sets of kids puzzles complete and so they both of them finished it or whatever and they told one group they were like oh you worked really hard at that well done yeah. and they told the other group something like geez that was really easy for you you were so good at this Yeah. something like that and it's something I've taken away from those studies is don't tell your athletes they're talented. Yeah. You know, but the last thing... So let me finish. So they, yeah. they gave them a second round of puzzles then. And the kids who they told, you worked really hard at that, were motivated to work really hard again and did better. And the team who were like, oh, I got this. They didn't work that hard. They didn't yeah. do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you shouldn't tell people they're talented. No. And like if your athlete does something well or achieves something, don't be like, oh, you're really talented at this. Just acknowledge that they've done something really well and mm-hmm. that achievement is really good but acknowledge that they work to get there yeah because subconsciously you don't want to ruin your athletes no if anything you want to make them resent you a bit they might train hard <laughs> but that is that's a nice little takeaway that if you're coaching people or you're involved with people or even if you train alongside people and they start achieving things just make sure that tell them they did a very good job mm-hmm. but tell them they did a good job because they worked for it yeah not because they're talented yeah. Um, I think we are. How long has it been? How long is we're just coming up on fifty-nine minutes, so we'll cut it there. Um, as always, we just recorded a new round of Q and A's, guys. So only about a tenth of what we need to record. Yeah, we have hundreds of, and thanks to questions are of an unbelievable quality. Easy. Um, there's a lot of people still just sending piss take ones that are really nah, funny I know <laughs> but the quality overall is very very good 9 out of 10 questions are thought provoking yeah. so keep sending them in guys and if you have questions and if they're super urgent questions just DM us mm-hmm. don't wait for it to pop up in the story yeah um, and if you're looking for programs at Seek Strength at Seek Strength um, some things coming up soon are 
Gabriel is coming to Ireland. Yeah. So we'll be looking for some gyms to hold the seminar with Seeker Strength and Gabriel Syncreum. Yeah. Maybe featuring Clarence as a demo. Possibly. Possibly. So we'll most be likely we'll only have two days to do it. Maybe a third day in an evening. So if you're gym in Ireland, give us a shout. Um, yeah. To be. We will start looking into apparel soon, I think, because we've gotten a good few people say it to us. Yeah. Um, I was always, the programs are bread and butter, coaching people, making people better at strength. Yeah. Um, but of course, tons of free information. There'll be tons more always coming. We'll always be a part of it. We'll never, never have to pay for the information. No, that's not going to go behind the paywall. Um, the information cave. The website will be live soon, Dara. Yeah, the website will be live soon. Dara. Um, podcast will be obviously if you're listening to this it doesn't matter to you because you use SoundCloud because you're a person who just like thinks outside the box because you go and get it you go get it girl <laughs> think outside the box um, we have Spotify and iTunes and we will put the bigger people up on YouTube so like Gabriel put that on YouTube and Squat University but for us two plebs we'll just most likely be in the auto platforms yes. unless really really want to watch YouTube yeah, if it's something, if YouTube is something you really want, we can just record it and throw it up. Um, but at the moment, people seem fairly happy just with the audio platform. Yeah, we're coming up on a thousand listens on our podcast. Yeah, which we do not deserve. <laughs> not do not deserve. Just two lads winging it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's in about three and a half weeks, a thousand listens, which is astronomical. Yeah. It's much more than we deserve. Definitely more than we thought we'd get. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say they like the Q&A videos. Loads of people have said that to us, which we really appreciate, um, which we will always keep doing. I think people like them is because we're not trying to tell people what they want. We're not trying to tell people the information they want. Yeah. They're telling us, I don't know what this is, and then we're telling them. We're not going to tell you that squatting every day is a good idea, no, no matter how many times you ask us. Um, some people ask, you know, I suppose... We've was it, we, we tried scripting those videos, right? And it just did not work well for us because no. the thing is, we've thought about these a lot. Say between the two of us, we've probably been involved in lifting things and strength sports and sports. Well, if you go from sports, both we've been involved 20, 20, about 20 years myself and yeah, the same for you. 20, years. yeah. Of actual sports. Like, so myself, I don't know if you've listened to introduction, I've, uh, I did Taekwondo, martial arts, kickboxing, black belt, Taekwondo, Gaelic football, there is shitloads of rugby, good level of rugby, sports science, masters in sports psychology. Like we've thought about so yeah. many of these things. So when we tried to script them, rather than saying what come naturally, we didn't think about what we were saying. We were just trying to remember the lines that we'd written down. Yeah. It just and did it, not work. And we weren't getting the information across. No. That we wanted to get across. Because what would happen is we'd answer a question, we'd be like, Okay, Griff, you're gonna start talking about morphology. I'm going to talk about genetics mm-hmm. and then it ends up the graphs halfway through his script and all I tried to do is remember what I said yeah and it was like we just want these to flow and to be as like natural as possible mm-hmm. and do like keep giving us feedback we really enjoy they don't need to be trying out natural accusations around there <laughs> no, no need for that but do give us as much feedback as possible um, as Garth was saying the apparel is coming down the line we're thinking the moment just t-shirts we yeah. were we're looking into some weightlifting specific pants okay don't we're tell them the ideas so um we're both wearing pants that have holes on the front of them 
So, so what we when and we this look is for, a big issue for us as weightlifters. That's not something I'll get over, right? But what you want is tight pants, right? But not too tight. You don't want any butt crack showing. Because Clarence is a devil with those angles, and he always gets the butt crack. How is it so hard for Nike or Adidas or any Under other Armour pants? have the best ones. Under Armour are shit hot. They're unbelievable. Shit hot, no butt crack. How is it so hard to make a pants that isn't four inches too short across the top of your arse? See, what you need is a tight waistband, right? But then you need a loose arse. But you don't want a loose arse where it looks like you're carrying your shopping in there. No, 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 no. You want to just... Under Armour seem to have hit the money on that. Yeah. But, is it but then they charge a million euro for a pair of pants. So what you have to wait, right is get those navy colours that no one wants to wear and you get them on deal for like 20 euro 25 so yeah. we're thinking I think so there'll be t-shirts right all black at the start it's going to be all black there's never going to be any colour no. we might get red and white red and white crest but most likely it's just going to be all black right we've got a t-shirts hoodies maybe next autumn yeah um, we're so going to have t-shirts for the summer short shorts for the girls if we we'll see and after girls. that and girls I want short shorts. Um, and then there'll be, obviously, we're going to try the pants. We're going to try to do these right. So Yeah, the pants aren't going to be rushed. Sourcing is a problem. And we've also a lot of other things to do. So we don't want to half-arse it. Um, we're not, sh- I think the clothing brands will just be Sika. Yeah. Sika clothing. It won't be Sika strength clothing. No, no, no. Um because that doesn't really look okay. No, but, but Sika with just the, the stag's head looks quite good on the stuff we've had. And then Sika underneath it. Yeah. Um, so obviously we've stuff for ourselves as as um, founding members. Yeah. There has to be some advantage. <laughs> there has to be something. We like embroidery. So the, the cost of the product might be a little bit higher because we might... I don't like the... A lot print. of the printed logos... And the screen printing isn't, like, in terms of longevity, it just kind of washes off after a few washes. Really like stitching. Yeah. Fucking loves it. The, the stag looks great in the stitch as well. Yeah. So there might be a limited number per batch, and they might be slightly more expensive, but we're hoping they will last you longer while you're training or if you're wearing yeah. them around. We might look into training tights or lycra or spandex but i don't know we don't personally wear those a lot because we no. don't really like them i wear them sometimes but only because i get notions and then i go I, as i'm wearing them I'm like <laughs> i realize i don't like them that much i like the virus tights aren't too bad no under armor makes some good tights i want but what i want sorry on a whole the gear we're going to be selling is the gear we use ourselves and it's like all black everyone looks good in black you can't go yeah. in black dark colors Nothing black. fancy. That color. Black. <laughs> color. And also, I need to figure out something is shorts that are tight but are not spending shorts. Oh my God. Finding shorts to train in. Shorts. It's literally impossible. Do you know what I hate is when shorts come down just to your knee or below it. Oh, stop. Shorts look weird at knees. No, yeah. No amount of board shorts and crossfitters can tell me otherwise. No. Crossfitters get away with it because they have incredible abs and most of the time they're tanned. And nobody looks at the board shorts. But board shorts and knee sleeves are not okay. No. Not okay. But also, short shorts and knee sleeves definitely aren't okay. They're not okay either. No. So I, I don't know. It's either no knee sleeves and shorts. Or else it's like tight legging shorts and knee sleeves. But tights and knee sleeves don't look okay. No. Knee sleeves are going well with... This is going to be a separate podcast altogether. A singlet. 
knee sleeves knee wraps go well with tights right so yeah wraps go well with them knee wraps c- kind of go with shorts but not really spandex yeah. shorts they go with perfectly with singlet kind of bottom yeah, yeah, singlets. yeah yeah but knee sleeves go with nothing and unfortunately mm. knee sleeves are great it's SPD knee sleeves are anyway like yeah um, so <laughs> so there's gonna be t-shirts we'll have pants at some stage I, I would love to be able to bring non-spandex but tight-fitting pants yeah like the ones we wear all the time sorry non-tight-fitting shorts as well oh yeah um, but the pants you're wearing those Nike ones with the white stripe they have shorts of those right yeah I've never seen those I've seen them a few places but I'm not convinced of them I might buy no. a pair and try them out um, we're going to get the t-shirts as well right is something if you have a higher neck on your t-shirts it makes your traps look way bigger <laughs> so our t-shirts will have high necks yeah, we're not going to have some loosey-goosey, mm-hmm. V-neck, low-cut t-shirts. Mm-mm. Not around here. None of that. Sister. Not with our fucking logo on it. Definitely not. No, if we could make the sleeves a medium size and everything else slightly larger, it would be ideal as well. Thought of a great idea for the t-shirts. Yeah. I won't go say it though. Like okay, it's a secret. I'll tell you after. Okay. Um. Okay. That's it, guys. Thanks very much for lif- listening. I almost said thanks very much for lifting. Thanks for lifting. How epic was that? Thanks for lifting. Um, a lot of people said they liked the podcast too, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Just um, keep leaving your comments. Flying by the seat of our pants most of the time. Yeah. Brute force and pignorance. Enough <laughs> neck, you don't need any head. Thanks, guys. <laughs>